Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today in the week of Eric <laughs> by Eric. It's so much Eric. It's so much Eric. Honestly, you guys should be paying me for this. You this should is, be grateful that there's a plague going around New York yeah. City right now that has taken out your competitors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric. Guys, mm. I had to. Where was I when the plague started? Who knows? Right? <laughs> Do you remember last ECM when you got everybody sick? I did not get it. Really Eric, sick. we all had the exact same weird specific symptoms <laughs> that you had. Eric got everyone sick and then refused to acknowledge that he was the one who got everyone sick. The thing was, if I'm remembering the time right, I wasn't sick. I just lost my voice. Yeah. I didn't have any other sy- I right, had no symptoms. I know that, but it manifested in everyone else. It's like we also lost our voices, but we were also horrifically sick. Mm. Uh, he refuses to it's accept. Not blame. the same. It is the same. Eric got everyone sick. But this year, you did not get everyone sick. But no. everyone is sick. I'm again. avoiding the plague. Nonetheless. Oh, you're going to get it. We'll see. Just accept it. Yeah. DCM, we all get sick. <laughs> what is it about this week? It's so weird. I think because it's pride into DCM. So everybody's like going super hard. Yeah. I didn't go hard. Yeah. Eric stayed inside. <laughs> we podcasted on pride. We did at night, weirdly. Uh, it was so creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So while we're in the pop culture section, we didn't get to talk about this on yesterday's episode. Ooh. But do you have any uh, reading, viewing, or listening oh recommendations? No, I already did. You mine used up of the all week. of them. Um, I have some. If you don't want to go first, yeah, go ahead. However, I have to explain mine. All of my recommendations were for uh, Meredith co-hosting with me. Great. So I don't know if you'll be able to provide any sort of input. Okay. Or commentary, because I don't know if you are familiar with any of these things. Well, if not, then I will be the voice of the people who don't know what they are. Okay. And we can discover it together. Fair. So, um, no spoilers, so don't freak out if you haven't seen it yet, but I wanted to vaguely talk about the Westworld finale. Ooh, okay. Familiar with Westworld. Have not watched it. You haven't seen any of it. Not. not what do you a, think it's about? Uh, it's about... Um, it's like a, a future society run by rich people, right? Okay, yeah. There's robots. There's like there's like robots that they fuck. Yep. Right? Yes. Um, I don't know if robots the correct term, but th- there's uh, non-human. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The th- Android is that the right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's not cyborgs. Mm-hmm. No, Cy- that's like half-human. I think. Yeah. There's non-human entities. Yes. That they that they enslave and fuck, right? Right. Okay, yep. that's what I know. Yes, that that's pretty much it. And then it's um, very confusing time jumps. Great. And um, they are jumping time, or the show just jumps time. The show. I see. It's a very confusing narrative structure. Gotcha. That <laughs> every reviewer was very self-consciously like, "Is this just confusing to me? <laughs> Is everybody else very smart and understanding this, and I'm not?" No, it's it's a very confusing show. Perfect. I think by the end of it. <laughs> I had tweeted halfway through this season. You know the image from, um, oh my God, what is it called? The Simpsons creator, but about the future. Futurama. Futurama. <laughs> of uh, Fry, like squinting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I posted that and I was like, me trying to figure out if Westworld is still good or not. <laughs> like half the season I was like making that face. Mm-hmm. And some very stupid things happened this season. But I'm going to say this. I think the finale stuck the landing. Ooh. There's an incredible scene. Great. That has to do with Maeve. And that's all I'll say. Uh, one of my favorite characters. And I would argue the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're supposed to think Dolores is the star. But I think it's actually Maeve. Wow. Um, Hot take. And... Oh my god, it's so badass and it's so great and it's beautiful visually. The Dope. CGI is really good. Um it's also happening in slow motion, which nice. sometimes CGI falls apart if you slow it down like right. that and it's like gorgeous the whole time. Oh nice. Um so and just like all the storylines I felt really came together. Um I have no idea what's going to happen next season cuz this felt like the end of the show, but I thought it was really clever and I, I'm sure if I thought about it for a long time, I would see stuff that was unresolved and maybe sloppy. Mm-hmm. But at least when I was watching it, it felt very satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. It's always nice. I, I hate... If there's anything I hate in TV, it's disappointing endings. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like... 
it's the cap. It's the you know what I mean. It's like you had all season to build to that, right? And just like fucked it up. Yeah, <laughs> I there. I know they Westworld had been accused of like really drawing out narrative. Uh huh. And that definitely like halfway through the season, it was kind of like this is dragging, you know. Oh. Um. But. Yeah, ultimately. I especially think if you're in a position where you can binge watch it, yeah. I think you probably won't feel that as much. It was just going from week to week, like, fuck, okay, we're doing this again? All right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's mm-hmm. a question, because I don't know if we've ever talked about this. What are your thoughts on the the uh, finale of How I Met Your Mother? Oh, I, I didn't like How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I hated it. Fair. You <laughs> I hate How I Met Your Mother. Do you hate the show or do you hate Ted Mosby? I hate, I hate Ted Mosby. Okay, okay. But he, like, I have to fucking listen to him <laughs> and his problems every single day. And now that I think Neil Patrick Harris is maybe a bad person, yeah. that, that character isn't as funny to me. I thought he was very funny when he was like, when I thought he was like this sweet, likable guy. Yeah. But now that he might be a dick, I'm like, <laughs> is it just... a dick gay dude during doing his version of a dick straight guy yeah like mm, i don't know is there a show you watch with unlikable characters seinfeld oh okay yeah that's fair monsters (laughs) a great show okay no most of the shows i watch are unlikable i liked breaking bad right right right. um i don't have to like the characters to think it's a good show okay um i just also didn't find how i like your mother interesting or Mm -hmm funny okay. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was like occasionally funny but not funny enough to like put up with ted mosby <laughs> okay that's fair yeah uh so also my other meredith related wreck was something that she recommended to me Ooh. escape to the continent okay which is a spinoff of escape to the country we've talked about escape to yes. the country so yes. escape to the continent is people who are leaving britain to move to like france or they're moving from the island to the continent. Gotcha. Yes. When you said that, my immediate thought was people moving to Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Eric. Yes. Why? Why? why would they go there? Um, I think that would be a good show, though. <laughs> but it's same show, basically, except like these really beautiful, like French and Mediterranean locations, and it's just like. I sort of hate watch it a little bit because these people are being shown like beautiful property and they'll be like, I don't like the shutter. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> I think that is the appeal of all of those shows. Like yeah. house hunters and stuff is yeah. like just watching people like shop for houses that you can't afford in a way that you would never do, but you kind of secretly want to be that person. Well, I also just like, I don't know. I like, it, part of it is f- fantasy wish fulfillment, which is like, which house would I want to move into? But also, because it's a UK show, there is sort of an educational aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Which is they um, they learn something about like the local culture and they'll like go do something mm-hmm. that, you know, learn about something. And like, if, if the particular community is known for making clay pots they'll go and they'll like learn how to make a clay pot yeah yeah um so you'll like learn an interesting factoid um but yeah i i also just like love looking at real estate yeah um it doesn't matter what show it is i'll like watch sure. any show like yeah that. sure i like i'm really into architecture so yeah. i i find that stuff really interesting it is also interesting because i was so used to escape to the country and seeing little like country cottages in england yeah for them to now it's just very different architecture different layouts and different cultures so that's interesting as well i have a theory about reality television um especially like ones that feature like really like catty people Mm -hmm. or like just like terrible people like kind of like trash reality shows Mm -hmm. i think it like i think people it's like i think people like them because it's like a way to indulge the fantasy of acting like that without having to actually do it because i think like a lot of people would not act like that but they kind of want to like you know there's like a there's there's a little bit of like a lizard brain like i want to do i want to be that person but i never would so there's this one part of the show because they're going to a different country they'll be showing them all these beautiful properties and then they actually get down to like brass tacks where they're like 
okay, so since we're in this different country, here's how they do property taxes. Here are all the fees you would have to pay up front. Yeah. And when they get into that shit, I just shut down mentally. <laughs> where I'm like, my fantasy is over. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to deal with any paperwork. <laughs> right, right, I just right, want right. to know. I <laughs> right, want to see right. the pretty houses. And like, so I that's how I can tell it's definitely like a fantasy wish fulfillment thing. Because yeah. anytime they get into the, like the nitty gritty of here's act, like actually what you would need to do yeah, to make nope, it happen, nope, I'm like, nope. no, 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 thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I think I just want to be able to like go on vacation in those places <laughs> yeah i mean i th- i i think there's something to that i mean i like you know i i really get a lot of a kick out of like just seeing new things and seeing like you know in my job as a dog walker i have to go into a lot of apartments and like like fancy rich people houses yeah sometimes not i mean mm. they're all fancy rich. i mean i was just recently in a rich person's home and i was like damn yeah like they owned the entire building and there was a chandelier in their living room. Ooh. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. I've it's been crazy that they're like a 10 minute walk for me. I've been in a couple places where like somebody owns like the whole four story brownstone. Insane. It's crazy. In- it's a hidden mansion. Yeah. You're like, uh, this was fucking here. Yeah. Um, or like people that live in like some like high rise buildings that overlook the river. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is this? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's always just like, I just like being in new place. I literally get a kick out of seeing anything that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. I like collecting like life experiences. Yeah, yeah totally. So, yeah, even if it's not like a rich apartment, it, like just going into a new place is like kind of cool. Just seeing something that I've never seen before is like really thrilling to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, said in a monotone. Yeah. I just really <laughs> get off on it. It makes me excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on my, um, oh, what's the, uh, 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 oh no, Ken, Bur- <laughs> Ken Burns. Oh, yeah. Working on my Ken Burns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then my final Meredith recommendation that we were going to bond over is Adam Rapone's ass. Oh, I saw the picture. It does not look real. I mean, I'm, <gasps> I, no, no, no. I'm saying it oh, is real. Oh, because he's beautiful. Yes, because it's, how is that possible? His booty is perfect. You guys, if you haven't seen... I don't even know what it was. ESPN is it ESPN? It's the uh, it, it's the annual uh, the body issue that they do. Yeah, but it's ESPN or yes. Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. The body Sports issue. Illustrated. Um, they have a bunch of different types of athletes, and to their credit, it's like different body shapes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, different backgrounds, races. Uh, they recently, I think it was the first ever uh, gay couple on a cover of one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, two women. Um, but Adam Rapone is one of them and his booty is slamming. Yeah. It's perfect. So I freaked out and I texted Meredith and I just wrote Adam Rapone's ass and she was like, Oh my god, I know. And I was like, How didn't you text me? Because <laughs> we were like so thirsty over him during the Olympics because he's perfect and so funny and basically like made the Olympics so fun because yeah. he was like making fun of Mike Pence. Oh, he's a doll. But anyway, if you haven't seen his cover, he is glorious. Yeah. In the nude. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Eric, thoughts? Thoughts on Adam Rapone? And his ass. Uh, yeah, he's, he's an incredible, uh, he's got an incredible body. I said hashtag booty goals. And yeah. Meredith was like, yes, but think about what she would have needed to do to get that button. I was like, I would need to go back. I'd need to hold on. Here's what I would need to do. Quit everything. Yeah. Build a time machine. Mm-hmm. Go back in time. Find six-year-old Allison. Right. Convince six-year-old Allison to do nothing but ice skate her entire life. See, this is actually, I. this is my first thought when I saw the picture. I did not know ice skaters were in such good shape. Well, they usually don't have a booty like that. I don't know if this is true or not. But someone told me his booty is the reason he can't do not a triple axle. There's like an, a jump that he actually can't do because he's got too much junk back there. Yeah. Because usually they don't have a booty like that. Right. He's just very muscular because like all bodies are different. People put on muscle in different ways and he put on muscle that way. Yeah. Um, but it's unusual because when you're when you do the jumps and you have to spin any extra muscle weighs you down and slows you down. Yeah, of course. Um, so there's a, apparently a certain move that he can't physically do. Wow. Yeah. The trials and tribulations. See? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's good to have a booty. Sometimes you can't do certain <laughs> ice skating moves. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't be so envious. Yeah. But it is perfect. It looks like the peach emoji. Anyways, guys. <laughs> 
highly recommend you check it out um any recommendations that occurred to you while I was being thirsty? I have a music recommendation. Do it. Uh, there's a you're going. I f- uh, you're you're going to be confused for a second. Okay. Uh, it's a musical art musical artist named Scott Walker. <laughs> Damn it! How pissed do you think he is? Uh, I I don't remember if I've ever seen an interview where anybody asked him about it. <laughs> I would immediately. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's had to have come up at some point. <laughs> Okay, so what what's his deal? This Scott Walker? Uh, he's a musician. Um, he used to be uh in a uh, really successful like um, just like pop group back in like the seventies. I mean, in his defense, that has to be such a common name. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Walker and Scott. Yeah, yeah, Scott Walker. Yeah. Uh, but he used to be a part of like a like a just like a pop group in like the seventies, I think, or maybe even the sixties, called the Walker Brothers. Mm-hmm. Just like a very traditional like you know male singing pop group at the time um but uh over the years uh later in life he's become like uh sort of like an avant-garde musician Mm -hmm. and so he makes these really beautiful albums so he has this really incredible like sort of haunting baritone voice Mm -hmm. uh and he sings very operatically um while there's like very weird music playing behind him which is basically written just for me <laughs> it's written exactly for me i like that eric's recommendations are always just this is probably just for eric <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah uh i love i love it i think he's a genius and i think he uh puts out the most creative music um uh of anyone working today yep very cool um any other weirdly named musicians you'd like to recommend <laughs> any other weirdly i named? also acted like he chose the name for yeah, himself yeah yeah Listen, it happens. Sometimes our parents name us names and those names seem normal at the time. And then one day an evil politician comes (laughs) along and then suddenly your name's not cool anymore. And I sympathize with that. That's true. I honestly have a fear of someone with my my name twin doing something terrible. Right. And then people coming for me. And I'm like, it's not me. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's a real thing that happens. Like, anytime, like somebody does something there's always like a secondary account on twitter that starts getting like accidentally yeah, added it's scary <laughs> and then like yeah especially if like reddit comes after you oh, and yeah people are so fucking unhinged yeah, it, it sucks it, yeah it totally sucks um you that always happens and then you see the person who has nothing to do with it lock their account <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah solidarity little buddy <laughs> there was one i can't i i this is a useless story because i can't remember what it was but there was one where something happened i think it was like um a protester or something but uh there was somebody did something and, and like got famous for it and then like somebody else with their name on twitter um i think it was like a protester or something because like all these right wingers started coming after like somebody with the same name and the other person was just like that's not me but i think it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome yeah. uh so maybe if you don't have any reading um i almost said walking recommendations reading listening or watching recommendations, is there anything else you would recommend? Whether it's like doing something or food or mm. anything else? Let's see. Your favorite kind of dog? All dogs are great. Oh, what a great answer. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, you know what's dope? What's that? Like, like, garden fresh strawberries oh fuck yeah yeah faith has been going ham we we got a, like a subscription to like a f- like a like a garden co-op yeah where like we get like a uh pick up like once a week of like fresh garden vegetables and uh-huh. in return you just have to like volunteer for a couple hours oh that's cool um have you volunteered yet uh i have not uh, i'm going to at some point when my schedule quiets down like mm. basically faith signed up for it like unbeknownst to me and she's like oh i'll volunteer and we'll get a bunch of food yeah she was like i'm gonna do this if you want to help out that's great and i was like i I definitely will when i have time but like but she was like you know what she just decided to do it on her own but it's like yeah like yeah there i mean there is a difference between like getting stuff straight from the garden and getting it in the store oh yeah uh even if it's really like i'm right by sunak and they have fresh produce yeah. relatively speaking but even compared to that it's yeah like she, day and night yeah the whatever whatever the garden um i don't know how the like how they allocate like the the vegetables and the fruits and stuff but like we got this like couple of baskets of strawberries and like 
I was like, yeah, I'll have a couple. I was like, yeah, they're strawberries, whatever. And then I went and I had, I was like, oh my God. You're, speaking of Seinfeld, you're a uh, Kramer. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, when he has the fresh <laughs> yeah. vegetable or mm-hmm. fresh fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much exactly like that. Yeah. It was just like, oh my God, this is incredible. I have a recommendation. Ooh. Putting your phone on airplane mode. Yes. It's awesome. I mm-hmm. have been living it up. Have I missed some important text messages? Probably. Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, and I've had to scramble last minute <laughs> to quickly reply, but it's been worth it. Yeah. It's awesome. And your battery lasts forever. Oh, it lasts so long. Can I tell you why I originally did it? When we were in Cuba for a couple of days, I had my phone on airplane mode the entire time. At the end of the month, my phone bill was like half of what it usually is. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? That can happen? Oh, yeah. What? It was amazing. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to do that. Hopefully, I'll see a little bit of a... A little bit of a discount. Yeah. It when certainly you, won't be the Cuba. When, when do you experience. when do you put it on airplane mode? Um, if there's just like long stretches of time where I'm not gonna check it anyway. So like if I'm at uh, the theater and I'm watching shows. Yeah. If I'm in the movies, if when I'm asleep at night, uh, if I'm at my computer because I'll see everything happening anyway. So this is this is something I've been experimenting with. Because, uh, uh, you know, I, I read a lot of, like, productivity experts talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of that stuff's bullshit. But, you know, I it's interesting to read it nonetheless uh, is my view. Mm-hmm. I like reading stuff that's not necessarily true. Um, but I saw a bunch of productivity experts talk about, like, um, not having, uh, like, email, text notifications and stuff like that like continuously checking throughout the day as a, and then but allocating like an hour or something um so that you're not just like tethered to your phone at all times right so like pick an hour in the morning pick an hour in the afternoon and pick an hour in the evening and like mm-hmm. you know uh yeah turn it off like don't check your email don't check your stuff i mean people, i've been so even trying to have it on airplane mode at times when i would usually like rely on it to kill time so yeah. like on the subway and stuff yeah and i've just been like listening to music instead i do have to be quote-unquote careful and make sure i've downloaded everything yes beforehand on spotify yeah yeah because yeah. spotify can be really like moody too and like <laughs> if you download something but haven't played it in a while suddenly it's like you need to re-download yeah it. that's happened to me it's like, yeah. what bitch i already downloaded <laughs> it um but yeah i would recommend that i've been trying that a little bit and it does like reduce stress levels a lot right um oh do we have time i have one thing yep. i can talk about uh last night i played a show at a coffee shop that sells cbd coffee how did it go the show was okay. Good. It was like pretty small, but uh, I thought my set. Sorry, I said good that your yeah. <laughs> show was small. <laughs> <laughs> well, the id comes out wow. from Allison. I apologize. Uh, no, it was good. It was a fun time. Uh, I thought my set went well. I was happy with the way it turned out musically. Um, and uh, but I I tried CBD coffee. How'd it go? Uh, you know, it's hard to, I was telling Faith this. So what CBD oil is supposed to do is help you with stress and anxiety. Yeah. Uh, make you more I relaxed. I you straight edge. Well, it's not, uh, psychoactive. So you're not, you aren't opposed to taking something that could alter your mood. It depends on what it is. Okay. So like for instance, I drink coffee, which has caffeine in it. True. So I don't ever want to take anything that would, um... Like yeah, Make I'm not you hallucinate. Not hallucinate or just uh, not in control of myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Fair. Um, because like I would if if a doctor was like you need to take Prozac or something, I wouldn't necessarily reject it. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't have to do that, but uh, if they did, I would. You know, I'm not opposed to taking something like that. But, yeah. Uh, so I tried this and um, <laughs> it didn't really. I can't tell if it did anything to me. I mean, you're me. so like. I don't want to say down, but like you're chill anyway. Yeah, inside I'm a mess. Okay. Uh, I'm filled with anxiety. Sure. But uh, but what I was telling Faith was like l- last night was a really like I didn't have anything going on. Like work was all caught up. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything going on at work. 
I was just at a coffee shop, like watching some music. So I was like, I don't know if I'm relaxed because of this or just because nothing else is like, True. I don't know if nothing's happening. Like True. I could just be having a good night. You should save a to-go cup for when like the L shuts down. Yeah. Or see, that's what to be like, let's see if this really works. I kind of was like, I need to wait until I'm having like an actual crisis and then yeah. like see if it works. To a shot. <laughs> yeah. But it did, uh, uh, make me sleep much harder oh, which i think is supposed to be one of the effects of it it's supposed that's, to help with um sleeplessness that's part of the reason i smoke weed yeah to help me sleep i think it's supposed to help with sleeplessness um and it did like i got tired much faster mm-hmm. and i slept through the night without waking up um good that's good for you uh so that happened um that's good. but yeah the, the other stuff i was i was talking about, it's like there's no like I don't know. I have no idea whether right. it did anything or not because it was just like I was having a chill night already. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, I don't know. The experiment I, has been contaminated. I just <laughs> could have just been having a really good night the f- free of anxiety. Right, right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, the mystery continues. Do you guys have thoughts about CBD coffee? Hashtag light trees and pod. Does it work for you? Should I try it? I don't know. Anyway, guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. (laughs) So I have a theme for today's bad news segment. Ooh, I love a theme. The Supreme Court. Wow. Bad shit went down, guys. Oh, my God. So, uh, the Supreme Court recently upheld Trump's travel ban decision, Yep. which is uh, a Muslim ban. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, a great example of gaslighting to be like, it's not a Muslim ban. It's just a ban of uh, countries who are predominantly Muslim. Right. Like, oh, what? Isn't that the same thing? And they're like, no, it's not the same thing. And you're crazy for asking that. It's like, oh, okay. Um, So Ginsburg and uh, Sotomayor issued the dissent and they were not happy. Um, And they said that a reasonable observer would conclude that the proclamation was motivated by anti-Muslim animus. Yep. (laughs) Wow. I can't imagine why. Yep. The majority holds otherwise by ignoring the facts, misconstruing our legal precedent, and turning a blind eye to the pain and suffering the proclamation inflicts upon upon countless families and individuals, many of whom are United States citizens, Sotomayor wrote in the dissenting opinion, which Ginsburg joined. Um, So obviously, very bad news. I know there is a bunch of actions being planned all across the country to protest this. Mm So you might want to check in your own local communities. There might very well be some kind of action you can go to if you'd like to protest this. Yeah. Any thoughts? I mean, this is just, you know, uh, there were two really bad Supreme Court cases. Um, Oh, yeah. We're going to get to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just highlights, I think, you know, it, it just highlights, I think, the difference between conservative and liberal judges. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really clear in this, this, um, this dissent, which is like, I mean, she says it in that, in that paragraph you read of like the, the, the majority opinion in favor of, of the ban does not do any, it doesn't, they don't look at what the outcome of the law is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause essentially the majority opinion is just like, well, this is in the purview of the president's powers, so it's fine. Right. Um, but we don't ever look at what is, you know, right or wrong or how, you know, it, what effect it has. And, and that is, you know, how we end up with really racist laws. Um, uh, because, you know, there was a big case a couple of years ago that was looking at the disparate Im- it called, it, it was trying to set a precedent for the, for the, uh, the idea of disparate impact, mm-hmm. D-I-S, uh, disparate impact, which is basically like, even though a law might not be outwardly racist, if it has a racist effect, then it is racist right. basically. Um, and it's the same thing. It's, it's like, 
Yes, uh, this is uh, in Trump's powers, but uh, it's wrong. Right. And so, and, and so, this is what the the fight we're gonna have, and it also I mean, that the we're this is just gonna happen forever. It's gonna, like, and it's going to keep happening forever with this court. Like that's why we keep seeing five four splits. Yeah, um, that will happen forever until one of the conservatives dies, and we can get a liberal in there or a few, a couple liberals in there. Yeah, um, th- that opening was really important to yeah. Phil really important mm-hmm. and uh didn't happen right during Obama's presidency that was a, a huge fight that the Democrats lost they lost and they I mean you know I just it, it is obviously you know on the Republicans who blocked the appointment of Merrick Garland at yeah. every opportunity but it also is like the Democrats did not fight they didn't, but I was also kind of like, <sighs> I mean, I guess they could have, there could have been like real, like direct action, like sit-ins or something like that. But I mean, what more could they have done? I just think there could have been more, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm not aware of like the behind the scenes working. Do you mean like they could have like offered them something? I just think they could have done a little more. It seemed like what happened was, you know, they put him up for a vo- they put him up for a nomination. McConnell said they were going to, you know, block his appointment. They were basically like, we'll, we'll block anything you throw. Yeah. Up. And it's like, okay, but when they say that, it's sort of like, what the fuck can you do? When yeah. they're just like, we're going to block you no matter what? I think there's got to be more. I more think you like, can do. yeah, maybe they could have, I don't know, like offered them. But I'm like, God, what would that have looked like if they were like bribing them? The I mean, scenes? either that or like, you know, you know, I, I, you know, an all out PR campaign on like the fact that they were blocking this. They don't give a shit, though. They could. They were kind of doing that through the press. They were like, they're being obstructionist. This is anti-democratic what they're doing right now. And they don't give a shit. Like, how do you shame people who are shameless? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it was one of those things where I think people were very frustrated and they were like, "Do more." But then if you asked me like, "What more could they have done?" I'm kind of like, "If you're going up against people who are like, we're going to obstruct you no matter what," yeah. I don't know how you negotiate around that. Yeah, I don't know. Like Obama like tried to like pull them in a room together and like talk to them, right. and it was like, I, "I, what else can you do?" Murder. Yeah, <laughs> murder. <right? laughs> yeah. Hired assassins. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. And I'm not saying that to let them off the hook. Maybe there was something like I'm also also not an insider. Like you're not an insider. I mean, that's the thing is I just don't know how much was going. I don't know how much was going on behind the scenes to in terms of like lobbying or right. to, in terms of like trying to get something to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it just I mean, like I said, I could be wrong. I'm o- I'm okay with the fact that I could be wrong. It just felt very like yeah. I mean, they I- put him up for a vote. They said we're going to block, and it was just like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think if, also I think there was t- other stuff going on then. And I yeah. think they were like, we got to pick our battles at this point because they're going to fight us on every front. Yeah. But the Supreme Court was huge. Yeah. I'm not saying that they no, should have no, put no, that no. on yeah. the back burner. Like maybe you should have made that a priority. Yeah. Um, so there was another decision, a major decision on Tuesday. The Supreme Court struck down a California law requiring licensed clinics to provide information about the range of reproductive care offered by the state. Um, So another 5-4 ruling. Um, The Supreme Court struck down California's FACT Act, a 2015 law requiring licensed clinics, including so-called crisis clinics, to either provide or post information about reproductive care offered by the state, as well as the phone number to county-based social services. Those services included low-cost birth control and abortion services. The bill also required unlicensed clinics to notify clients they were not licensed by the state to provide medical services. So um, a more succinct way of putting that is the Supreme Court sided with clinics that lied to people who were seeking abortions. Yeah. These so-called crisis clinics... Like in some areas, if you Google, where can I get an abortion? A crisis clinic address will come up. You go there thinking, oh, I'm going to get an abortion. And instead, you have a bunch of 
anti-choice radicals trying to talk you out of doing what you want to do with your own body. Well, and they also use really underhanded tactics. Yeah. Like um, if you call them and ask where you can get abortion services, they'll be like, they'll use really like hidden language that's not, you know, quote unquote lying. But if, if you call them and you're like, where can I get an abortion? They're like, well, come on in. We can help you. We'll talk about it. When yeah. You, here, you yeah. know, we can we can help you. We can take you know, we can assist you, you know, provide service for you or whatever. It's like using coded language. And but like imagine if there was a crisis crisis clinic for people who don't believe in chemotherapy. Right. And you Googled cancer treatment mm-hmm. and a crisis clinic came up. And you called and you were like, hey, can I get chemotherapy there? And they were like, yeah, come in. We'll talk about it. Yeah. And then you show up and they try to talk you out of getting right. chemotherapy. Like people would be outraged. Yeah. I mean, I, I posted this on, on my Facebook. But it's like, I mean, these these crisis centers, they exist literally for only one reason. And that's just to trick women. Yeah. That's the only reason. People trying to get abortions. To yeah. trick people trying to access health care. Yeah. That's all they exist for. And if it was applied to anything other than abortion... It would absolutely be illegal and those people would go to jail. Yeah. Because you're trying to stop people from receiving medical services. Yeah. You're lying to them. Mm -hmm. You're frauds. Right. (laughs) Like, you're not a legitimate business. You shouldn't be able to exist. Um, 5-4 decision, baby. Yeah. Another 5-4 decision. Um, So, yeah, that was another very bad Supreme Court decision. Yeah, it's just going to be bad. And, I mean, these are also decisions that, like... I feel like we'll keep coming back. Like they'll get kicked down to lower courts and then come back. Um, Whether the Supreme court decides to hear them again, I don't know, but it's not like the problem magically goes away. Like people are still going to be trying to shut down these places, filing complaints about them, suing these places, you know, like it's going to continue to be an issue. Right. Well, you know, hopefully, I mean the good, (sighs) I guess if there's any good news, is the ruling on this was basically on First Amendment grounds, right? Which which was basically saying that these centers should not be forced to, because basically what happens is they they're they're given a script by the state mm-hmm. um, that says like when somebody comes to you, you have to tell them that these services are available or something like that. Uh, that's a routine for all licensed all licensed medical centers. Um, that they have to give you that information. Um, and so, you know, the, basically this was struck down on, the fir- on a First Amendment ground saying it violates their their freedom to force them to say something mandated by the state. Um, <laughs> it violates my freedom of speech because I want to lie to these people. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, that does, I think, leave the door open to challenge them on other grounds as sure. opposed to the First Amendment. Which Let's is like, have this fight forever, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it does, like, I think, like, leave the door open to, like, you know, come after them for lying. Yeah. For being frauds. And in the meantime, nothing's stopping protesters from uh, surrounding crisis centers with signs that say these people are liars. Yeah. In the meantime, I mean, like, why should they be the ones who get to protest abortion clinics? We should be able to protest them as yeah, well. Yeah, they shouldn't exist. They should not exist. Uh, they they're are just frauds. A pack liars. of liars and frauds and also potentially endangering people's lives. Oh, yeah. I, I said to somebody, like, there is 100% certainty, I think, that someone will die giving childbirth because of one of these centers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent that will happen. Yeah. And pointing that out doesn't shame them. They don't care. No, they don't care. Yeah. If you, you could show them directly. I mean, you could, you know, it it doesn't matter. All that matters to them is women giving birth. Right. Like it doesn't matter if she dies. It doesn't matter if the the child dies during, you know what I mean? None of it matters to Mm -hmm. them, you know, which is why the, the term like, pro-life is so laughable right it's because they don't care they don't they don't care about any of this um guys it's that time of the episode if you're not driving just just do a quick little jump up and down just are you jumping up and down if you are driving maybe a quick clap a little a little uh maybe a little whoop give a little uh little boost on the accelerator a little uh little rev little engine rev Maybe, maybe don't encourage them to like 
hit the gas. Just a little like whoop, whoop, whoop. A whoop. whoop. I mean, I guess a whoop works. Little clap, little yeah. clap. Uh, guys, before you go out into the rest of your day, here's your good news. <laughs> So we have been talking a lot about immigration, ICE, how ICE is evil, how everyone who works for ICE is evil, how we should abolish ICE, how we should abolish borders. <laughs> it's been a very interesting, complicated conversation mm-hmm. we've been having. Um, I guess not complicated. We're yeah, it doesn't feel that complicated. We're, we're pretty on the same page about it. Um, so a Democratic congressman plans to introduce legislation that would abolish ICE, um, which again, and I feel it's really important to remind people of this, is only 15 years old. It started under George W. Bush. It's a little baby, little infant baby of an agency. Yeah, it's not like uh, a a government institution that's been around forever. So as quickly as it was instated, that's how quickly it can go away. Yeah. Although that's usually not true with bureaucracy. Like once Almost you never. put it takes much longer to get rid of it. But the point is that it's we can most of us in our lifetime can easily remember a time when ice didn't exist and mm. life was just fine. It was it was better. Yeah. <laughs> uh so Representative Mark Pokin, um, who serves in Wisconsin said, I'm introducing legislation that would abolish ICE and crack down on the agency's blanket directive to target and round up individuals and families. Great. Uh, he is Wisconsin's, uh, he served Wisconsin's second congressional district since 2013. Nice. He co-chairs both the LGBT Equality Caucus and the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Sounds like a great guy. He's one of uh, many Democratic lawmakers who visited ICE detention facilities in Texas, Texas last week. And it's no coincidence that he's now like, hey, we think <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's also awesome because um, when Meredith was co-hosting with me, we were like, why is every Democratic lawmaker not down there demanding to search these facilities? Yeah. yeah. So he's one of the ones who actually went and did it. Great. <laughs> Uh, he said, during my trip to the southern border, it was clear that ICE and its actions of hunting down and tearing apart families have wreaked havoc on far too many people. ICE is tearing apart families and ripping the moral fabric of our nation. Um, so this is great. I don't know how many people are going to sign on to it, but this is a great opportunity to call your representative and say, hey, are you going to sign on to Mark Pokins, Representative Pokins? piece of legislation about abolishing ice yeah if this bill does get put forward and every democratic congressman doesn't sign on to it then they're cowards and they need to be they need to be removed hey bernie sanders yeah (sighs) fucking bernie sanders yeah what the fuck like this should be a pretty basic litmus test of, of any representative or politician you choose to support do they think that ice is a terrorist organization and should be abolished cynthia nixon yeah if not, you don't get my support. So especially if you live in Wisconsin, call your representative and be like, hey, you know Pokin. I'm going to Wisconsin at the end of July. Brag, brag, brag. I'm going to go find him. Wisconsin's cool. I Wisconsin, like Wisconsin is cool. Why are you going to Wisconsin? Touring with a band. Mm. <laughs> you going to a festival? Uh, No, we're not playing a festival this time. Cool, cool, cool. Just like little gigs? Just some shows. Cool. Just a little week of shows. Very cool. So... Because you were a little light on the recommendations mm-hmm. up top. No judgment. Wow. It sounded like judgment. No judgment because Eric has hosted a lot this week. And I understand there is like a limited amount of recommendations one can get. Well, I haven't had time to do anything because I've been hosting this show too much. Right. <laughs> so you would recommend co-hosting yeah. Trees mm-hmm. and News, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, outside of the usual recommendations of viewing, reading, or listening, what have you done lately that just made you happy? Um, I mean, the honest answer, I mean, I uh, just been like going to more shows, playing more music. 
That's pretty much all I've been doing, and that's made me really happy. That's cool. What were some of your favorite shows you've been to? Um. Well, let's recap. Uh. So, uh, the, I played three shows last week. Damn. They're great. Busy little bee. Yeah, a lot of shows. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, I played. So I played uh, with this. Uh, I played with um, this old '90s band called King Missile. Um, they're like a cool, like kind of avant-garde band. How do you like, um, like hook up with these bands? Like, is it like Craigslist ads? It depends. Well, oh, sorry, sorry. I was not playing bass for that band. I was we play. I was playing with a band that played a show with that band. Gotcha. Um, yes, for the bands I'm playing with, I everyone in New York I've met through Craigslist. Very cool. Uh, it's kind of a crapshoot everywhere else, but in New York, a lot of musicians do use Craigslist for like meeting up. Yeah. Because it's so hard to meet people. Sure. And there's just a shit ton of musicians in the city Mm -hmm. um, that like don't have anything to do. So there is actually a pretty good like good culture in the in the New York Craigslist of like meeting up and forming bands and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, So like right now I currently play bass for a band called No Time Time. Mm -hmm. uh, A band called Muscle Before Paradise which I wrecked uh, earlier this week. I feel like every time I have this conversation with you there's an additional band that you've never mentioned to me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Um, like the first one was what's the name of it? No Time Time? No, no, no. no. Uh, The first band you started playing with. Uh, Starts with a V. Uh, oh, Vajra. Vajra. Yeah, the metal band. And I then playing. you mentioned the Muscle one. Muscle Before Paradise. Muscle Before Paradise. Mm-hmm. And then now there's No Time Time. And no there's time always time. like another one that you mentioned that I'm like, I've never heard you mention that one before. Those are the three bands. So uh, I play bass for uh, a metal band called Vajra. That's probably the most active band that involves like touring and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then I just recently started playing bass for the other two bands, uh, Muscle Before Paradise and No Time Time. Those are more like, uh, at least for right now, kind of like based in the city, just mm-hmm. playing shows around and, and doing stuff like that. So I've done one show with each of them. Um, and then I have more upcoming shows with them in the city. If they were your children and you had to say, this is my favorite child. Ooh. Wow. Who's your favorite child? I think uh, the band Muscle Before Paradise is probably uh, musically more... Uh, it's more it's closer to what i would probably like listen to on a daily basis mm-hmm. um in fact does that mean it's noise no it's it's it is it's very loud and noisy but it's like more like post-punky like oh. uh but it uh actually funny enough i was a fan of the band before i joined them mm-hmm. um they put out uh two uh tapes uh a year ago which i owned both of them um and it just so happened that the craigslist that i responded to happened to be them um so i was already a fan of the band before i joined it uh so that would probably be um uh i don't know i like i get a lot of of all three of those bands um uh all the guys in muscle are really cool i really like hanging out with them we went out afterward i i texted the the improv uh our, our improv group chat because uh, after our last after our show on Saturday, um, uh, all the guys in the band wanted to go hang out at Birdies. Hey, real quick, you know that if you uh, are meeting any cute musicians who are um, straight and single, you are obligated. Yes, of course. To yes, yes, thank yes. you so much. Yes, yes. Um, yes, yes. Also, I'm flexible on the straight part. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> FYI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Good man. Continue with your story. Oh, I just thought it was funny because uh, they all wanted to go. All, all the members are kind of live around where I live uh, in Bushwick. And uh, they all wanted to go hang out at Birdie's, which is uh, a popular bar amongst uh, the. Frequently, is there a plaque dedicated to us yet uh, where Chloe me yeah. and Rachel have just gotten insanely <laughs> drunk? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever been to the little, uh, the, the little uh, uh, Mexican deli next door? Regalo? Oh, probably. Do I have a clear memory of it? No. Uh, they have really sick burritos. Oh shit! Don't tell me this, Eric. Oh, and they're cheap. You know I'm gonna be real close to Birdies in the new apartment. That's what I heard. We're like yeah, ten yeah, minutes yeah. away. It's yeah. cray cray. Uh, yeah. So I'll definitely check that out. I have kind of a cool thing that happened to me. Yeah. So you know about it, but I just oh, wanna great rehash. So. I'm on a house team at UCB and recently we got called into a meeting 
before the Del Close Marathon, mm-hmm. which is um, a weekend of nonstop improv. It's so much here so in much New York about. City. I'm and already exhausted. I'm so tired just thinking about it. <laughs> um, but it, this is the last year that New York City is having DCM and it's mm-hmm. moving to LA. Yep. And we don't know if it's like permanently or maybe it'll come back eventually, but it's very like mixed emotions right mm-hmm. now. And so we get called into a 9 a.m. meeting at the on Hell's a Kitchen Monday morning. On a Monday morning. So we were all very sleepy and confused. <laughs> we were like, why are we here? Um, and uh, Amy Poehler led the meeting. What? <laughs> which immediately, like, I've never heard a group of improvisers get so quiet. As uh-huh. when she like walked out on stage and we were like, oh shit, okay. It's oh, like, interesting. I assumed there would be cheering and loud noises. No, no, everybody was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mama Bear's here. Um, and there was just a bunch of like, um, like nitty gritty stuff, um, just like internal UCB stuff we needed mm-hmm. to talk about. But yeah. there's also been a lot of um, worry about the new theater and how the new theater's doing mm-hmm. and um, crowd numbers being a little light and all of that stuff. So she basically was there to be a cheerleader for yeah. the theater and also very clever. I was talking about this with Max. Max was like, they sent the perfect one. To yeah. Get. Like yeah, Amy yeah. Poehler's so charming and mm-hmm. nice and kind. And like, um, if they had sent Besser. <laughs> <I can laughs> yeah. Would not have gone well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they sent Amy and she just got me really excited about the theater. She was like, change is good. I know it feels scary, mm-hmm. but it'll be okay. She's like, everything you're feeling is what we felt when we moved to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. W- the crowds were light. We were in a lot of debt with the theater because the crowds were light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and she's like, and look what that theater became. She's yeah. like, that will be what happens with this theater. This is what that this theater will be to you guys. Right. And it like got me real pumped. Oh, also nice. because I have a lot of anxiety about change. Yeah. It was yeah, nice yeah. to hear someone so confidently be like, is this what you're feeling? And mm-hmm. I was like, yes. And her being like, right, that's what we felt. Yeah. And then this amazing thing happened. Right. She was also like, stop comparing it to Chelsea. <laughs> She's like, it's not going to be Chelsea. Right. It's going to be its own thing. And of I was course. like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It yes. has to be. Um, also brought up an interesting point. That's part Ooh. of the reason they wanted to move it to DC, uh, move it to LA DCM so that they can focus on just building the theater. Cause everything they were planning on doing for the theater had to be put on hold for DCM. Right. So it's like, if you're trying to build a new theater, juggling that with DCM is really hard. Yeah. So basically, I just got out of the meeting uh, to stop being a pessimistic little shit <laughs> and sure. stop living in the past and be excited about the future. That's great. So I was like, that's a good meaning. That is really that's good. a good meaning. I felt like I feel way more optimistic no matter what happens with the theater. I'm like, you know, also maybe other stuff will happen in the improv community that's not UCB oriented. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Is it possible? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So, um, yeah, that was my good thing that happened. It was also just super cool that Amy Poehler was there. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, shit. I was also like, oh, no, because a couple of our teammates couldn't go because they had like meetings and stuff and i was like oh fuck like if everybody had known amy would be there they would like rearrange schedules called in sick yeah Yeah, but like we were like a 9 a.m meeting like i was just picturing like shannon reading from a Uh (laughs) four nine o'clock in the morning yeah uh but yeah it was that's so cool pretty cool guys yeah um, I know there are some youngins who are like, who's Amy Poehler? Oh, oh my <laughs> and God. it's breaking my Don't heart. Don't you dare say that Google to me. it. Google it before you tweet me and break my heart. <laughs> I don't know who Amy Poehler is. You should educate yourself. Parks and Rec is one of the all-time great sitcoms. Yes, hands down. Mm-hmm. One um, of the all-time greats. Any, we have a few minutes left. Anything else that has made you happy lately? Honestly, the, pretty much my whole life for the past couple of weeks has been <laughs> music stuff. Music, um, music, music. Are I you t- stopping improv? No. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in a weird place with improv right now. Because, like, I, I uh, obviously will keep doing uh, our team mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. Uh, unless I move. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, I'll keep doing it as long as I can. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was like hard for me to find my place in improv, mm-hmm. and it felt weird spending all this money on it when I didn't necessarily feel like I was like making any headway. 
um, or like it was going to be a really like I love it. I love doing it. Um, but yeah, I just like it really started to feel like I, I, I like I was like having trouble and like mm. not really finding my place. So and right around that time is when I started getting more offers to like play music and stuff. So yeah, and I feel like you were getting way more opportunities with music. I'm getting opportunities to do stuff in music for sure. Yeah. Um, to like play shows and stuff like that. I don't really, yeah, I haven't really received like the same sort of opportunities in improv. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that yeah. could also just be like, it feels like there's so much improv in the city, but when you compare it to music opportunities yeah. in the city, it's like, Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so no, I yeah, definitely that happened the other day when I was, uh, I was at an audition um, and someone was asking me about Lloyd mm-hmm. and she was like, how many people audition? And I was like, like 900. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, that's so many people vying for so few spots. Oh yeah. It's, and I was just like, I forget that sometimes yeah. though, where it's like, you're right. There's so many people scrambling for like, I don't know, maybe how many spots. Yeah. I also have an issue where like, I'm much more, and this could just be a function of the fact that, like, I've only, I didn't even know what improv really was until I moved to the city and started doing it. Right. Versus I've been a musician since I was 16 years old. Sure. Um, Well, I was a musician before that, but, you know, since I was, God, 12. Um, But, like, I'm much more in my head about doing comedy um i get much more like competitive mm-hmm. uh and much less satisfaction mm-hmm. i like doing it mm-hmm. like i i feel a sense of fact s- sense of satisfaction specifically like when we play together mm-hmm. but yeah it's very fun yeah it's always very fun and it's always really fulfilling mm-hmm. uh in a in a sort of like in a big way but in terms of like the overall community mm-hmm. or like career mm-hmm. it's sort of like i feel much more self-conscious about that Whereas like when I play music, I feel more confident about it and in my like in my taste and my ability mm. and like I don't know I feel much more like uh, I feel much more at ease just getting on stage and and playing a bass. Yeah, you really um, like get out of your head, like you get out of your own way. When you yeah, it's music. it's the most natural thing in the world to me, you know, to be able to hop on stage and play a bass. Yeah, I mean, I think that's usually a good sign that you're doing something that you should do. That sort of I like think so. transcendence. Yeah, I think Not so. to say like you shouldn't work hard at things that are like difficult. No, but no, I think, of course, like, yeah. Artistically speaking, like that's definitely a sign that you're doing something yeah. <laughs> that you should be doing. By the way, guys, important update to an episode earlier in the week. Do you remember when I was telling that story about leaving um, like a huge tip for a waiter? Yeah, yeah, And I was yeah. like, oh, we were at this place and it yes. serves pie, but I can't remember the, the name of place, it. Yeah. I just got a frantic text message from Kim because uh-huh. she heard the episode. Oh, and really? she, it just said Baker Square. <laughs> so that's right. It was called Baker Square. Oh, amazing. I completely forgot in yeah. Naperville, Illinois. <laughs> I could probably show you the table we always sat at. Like yeah. if I went back today. <laughs> Um, unless they changed the format. That's amazing. If they did, how dare you without <laughs> my permission. Also, that's amazing that your college friend listens to your show. She, oh, college friend, excuse you. I met Kim when I was 13. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, wow. she's one of my oldest friends. Amazing. Um, she wrote, Baker Square with three <laughs> exclamation points. Um, oh, yes. She goes, I had forgotten all about that day. You left out his strong resemblance to Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> which I'm sure in no way influenced me uh-huh. giving him a huge tip. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, that's right. He looks exactly like Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> or he did back then. I uh, hope he still does. So funny. What an amazing detail I forgot. <laughs> Thank you, Kimberly. Wow. Uh, guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Um, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, go to lighttreason.news, hit that donate button to keep us going for as little as $5 a month. Hit it. You can also sign up at my Patreon for $5 a month and you'll get to send questions that we'll answer on Light Treason News. Go do those things. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. 